very good morning to each and every one of you. It's such a privilege for my family and I to join you to worship this morning. I thank you for the invitation. I bring greetings from the elders and members at the Limapin Church of Christ. Uh, many of you are, are, are no strangers to the members at Limapin. And so we look forward to opportunities like these where we can reconnect with each other. And to those of you who I have not had the privilege of meeting yet, my wife and I look forward to getting to know you after the worship service is over. We want to, to discuss a topic today. What if? Right. What if? And I'd like to take your mind back three years to 31st July 2019. Don't worry, I got my wife's permission to put her... <laughs> And so on 31st July 2019, um, that's the date that uh, Esther, our daughter, was born. That's my wife in the delivery suite. And so today, of course, we are thankful that Esther is healthy. We are thankful that she seems to be growing and developing well. But on that day itself, there were complications where the umbilical cord was actually pressed around the shoulder and the heart rate of the child, unborn child actually dropped. And there was a risk that she would not be born or that it would be a stillbirth. And uh, fortunately, to the, due to the intervention of the midwife and the uh, ONG doctor, uh, she, Esther was delivered safely. But as I was preparing this sermon, it got me thinking, what if Esther had, had never been born? What if she had never been born? Would her absence matter? I think it would, at least to the parents, at least to Deborah and I. Her absence would, would matter. We would not have this child to care for. She would not grow up to impact and affect the lives of others. Her absence would matter. I'm not here today to talk about my, what if my daughter did not come to earth. But I'm here to talk about another child 2,000 years ago, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born to a virgin, the Virgin Mary, raised by Mary and Jesus' legal adoptive father, Joseph. What if Jesus had never come to earth? What if he had never been born? Would his absence matter? And I suggest that it matters. More so than the absence of any one of us in this room. If Jesus had not come to earth, our lives would have been very different. What would be different in our lives? Well, I suggest to you that our language for starters would be different. Some of you may have followed the news. Gossip news or Pakwa news, sometimes I call it. Uh, entertainment, right? And uh, some of you may know that the, the recent uh, Oscars, I believe, Academy Awards, that Will Smith slapped Chris Rock across the face. And so when you, when you, you saw this incident, right, of course Chris Rock did not uh, retaliate, and he brought to mind the saying, turn the other cheek. But where did we get this saying, turn the other cheek from? Of course it comes from the Bible. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 39, Jesus said that not to repay evil for evil. If someone you know, smites you on the one cheek, you, you, you turn the other you don't retaliate. 
And so our language comes, our English language at least, comes in part from the teachings and the sayings of Jesus Christ. Here's another one. Not sure if anyone you can guess what this saying is going to be. But it's the saying to, to go the, the second mile or to go the extra mile. And Jesus, in a few verses down in Matthew 5, 41, you know, if, if someone compels you to go one mile, if a Roman soldier were to force you to bear his load and carry it to the next milestone, don't retaliate. Go the second mile. Today, of course, we use it to mean putting in extra effort. But really, the, the context is to not retaliate, not to retaliate when you're suffering unjustly. But that's where this saying originates, to go the extra mile or to go the second mile. What else would be different if Jesus had not come to earth? I think the way we count time would be very different as well. Today is the 5th of June, 2022. But 2022, 2022 years from which point? And of course, we mark time from when Jesus was born into this earth. The year is 2022 AD. Anno Domini, a Latin saying which means in the year of our Lord. It's 2022 years since he came into this world. And if Jesus had not come into this world, then of course we will be marking time by a very different, in a very different way. Maybe by the marking time by the, the year which kings began to rule from or by astronomical events. But by and large, most of the world today marks time from the beginning. When Jesus, rather when the beginning of Jesus' earthly life, when he was born. Even though they are not Christians, even in non-Christian, uh, inverted comma, countries, people all over the world mark time from the beginning of Jesus' birth and life. But I suggest to you that if Jesus had not come, it's far more consequential than just missing out on some sayings in our language or having a different calendar. It's far more important than that. His absence from this earth is will be life-changing. Spiritual life, to be exact. And so today, for the rest of the time that I have with you, I would like to discuss three points. That if Jesus had not come to this earth, there would be no realization no fulfillment. There will be no resurrection. There would be no redemption. I'd like you to turn to the scriptures now, if you have your Bibles, to Luke 24, 44 through 47. And if you do not have a Bible, you can feel free to turn to the person on your left or right, and they'll be happy to share it with you. In Luke 24, 44 through 47, Jesus, after his resurrection, said to his disciples, and he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you, while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled. That's realization, fulfillment. All things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. And open he their understanding, that they might understand the scriptures. And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer, or thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead. The third day, that's the resurrection. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. That's redemption. The first point for today, no realization. If Jesus had not come to this earth, there would be no realization. And here we are using the word realization to mean fulfillment. 
If something is realized, it has been fulfilled, it has been completed, it has been brought to fruition. And so we want to ask ourselves, what would not have been realized or fulfilled or completed had Jesus not come to this earth? Well, for starters, there would be no realization, no fulfillment of the prophecies contained in the Old Testament. Earlier we read in Luke 24, 44, Jesus said, All things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. And he was here, Jesus, referring to the threefold, the way that the Jews divided the Old Testament into a threefold division. The law of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the prophets, and the Psalms, and sometimes the Psalms, are, sometimes you call it the writings, of which the Psalms was the largest book. And so here Jesus is saying, the entirety of the Old Testament from start to end, contains prophecies that must be fulfilled concerning himself. If Jesus had not come to this earth, then these prophecies would, would not have come to pass. What are some examples of these prophecies? Well, let's look at prophecies concerning his, his birth, that he would be born to a virgin. And in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, 750 years before Jesus was even born, the prophet Isaiah said, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive, bear a son, shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, of course, meaning God is with us. We see in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, that when Mary, she conceived, she was expecting a child. It's the fulfillment of this prophecy, 750 years before Jesus was even born. But if Jesus had not come to this earth, then this prophecy could not have come true. It would not have been realized. What else would not have come true? Or what else would not have been realized if Jesus had not come to this earth? Well, there will be there's another prophecy about his birthplace. That he will be born in the town of Bethlehem, Bethlehem of Judea, or sometimes called Bethlehem Ephrata. In Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, about 700 years before Jesus' birth, Jesus said, or rather Michael said, But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel. So a king is going to come forth. But this king is special, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. And so it's a king who has, who is eternal in nature, who has no beginning. So he's divine, a divine king. We see that when Herod, Herod the Great heard about the birth of Jesus. He inquired, where is this Jesus to be born? And the people around him were able to tell him, in Bethlehem of Judea, as the prophet Michael said. Matthew chapter 2, verses 4 to 6. But if Jesus had not come to this earth, this prophecy would not have been realized. It would not have come true. Let's look at one more prophecy that would not have been realized, which is, that Jesus would have been descended from Abraham. We go to Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, the very first verse, in the very first book of the English New Testament. It says, Jesus Christ, the son of Abraham, son of David. And so he's a descendant of Abraham. And a promise was made to Abraham about 1,900 years before Jesus was even born, that God promised Abraham in thy seed, Singular, in thy seed, singular, shall all nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Who is this seed? 
we are Paul in the New Testament, 1,900 years later. He said that not unto seeds, but unto seed. Not unto seeds, plural, but unto seed and to thy seed, which is, which is Christ, Galatians 3.16. And so sometimes I joke, I make the joke that uh, Paul is not just teaching from the scriptures, not just teaching from God, but he's also teaching us about grammar, the difference between singular and plural. He says, this is a singular seed that will be descended from Abraham through whom all nations of the earth will be blessed. That's us. That includes us. All nations that includes us. That we will be blessed through Jesus Christ. But if he had not come to this earth, we would not have, this prophecy would not been realized. It would not have come true. It would not have come to pass. And so as we look through the Old Testament, Luke 24, 44 talks about the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Jesus said, all things must be fulfilled which were written concerning me. And as we see that there are more than 300 over prophecies of which we have only looked at three. Over 300 prophecies about the life of Christ found in the Old Testament itself. Sometimes people say that you could write the entire life story of Jesus from his birth, the place that he was born, the woman to whom he will be born to, right, the dead of a virgin, all the way to the manner of his death and his resurrection. You can, you can write it all before he even came to earth based on the prophecies in the Old Testament. But if Jesus had not come to earth, there would be no realization, no completion, no fulfillment of these prophecies. And if these prophecies had not come true, then that means that the God of the Bible is, is, is a false God. He's a liar. He's unworthy of worship. Because the things that were written in the Old Testament were written by God. Although yes, he did use the human, the human hand, human penmen, human authors to write it. But say 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. God breathed, theo neustos, theo, God. Neustos, breath. God breathed out these words. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And so if scripture comes from God and these scriptures were not fulfilled, if these scriptures did not come to pass, if they were found to be false, then God is a liar. God is untrue. It is a false God. But thanks be to God that Jesus did indeed come to earth. We do not have to consider the, you know, when we consider the question, what if Jesus did not come to earth? It is a hypothetical because Jesus did indeed come to earth. And thanks be to God who allowed him, who sent him. Because Jesus himself said, all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. And so this proves Right, the realization of prophecy, because Jesus did indeed come to earth, the realization of prophecy proves that God is a, a true God, a truthful God, an all-knowing God who sees the future, a God who directs things, who sets things up before they even happen. Thus, He is divine and worthy of worship. As Romans chapter 3, verse 4 says, Yes, let God be true, but every man a liar. Not saying that. Paul is not saying that every man should lie, but in comparison to God, God is the epitome, the paragon of truth compared to men. And so if Jesus had not come to earth, there would be no realization of prophecy. 
That's not the case. And we are thankful for that. What if Jesus had not come to earth? Well, there will be no resurrection. The word resurrection literally means to stand up again or to be raised up from death. And so in order for there to be a resurrection, well, you first have to have a death. And in order for there to be a death, you have to have someone who is living first. That is to come to earth, to be born into this world, to live in order to die. Then and only then can this person be resurrected. But if Jesus had not come to this earth, then there will be no empty tomb proving his resurrection from the dead. He will not have died because he had not lived at all. And if he had not died, there will be no resurrection. So what if there is no resurrection from the dead? So what? Well, that means that Jesus is not divine. He is not God. Because Romans chapter 1 verse 4, right, the proof, the ultimate proof of Jesus' divinity, He is declared to be the Son of God with power, dunamis, mighty power, according to the spirit of holiness, by what? By the resurrection from the dead. And so his resurrection is the ultimate proof that he is divine. Yes, he did many miracles. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, a man approved of God by, by miracles, wonders, and signs, Acts 2 verse 22. But his apostles did miracles as well. But they're not divine. The apostles did not come back from the dead. Jesus did. He's declared to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. And so if there was, if Jesus had not come to this earth, there would be no resurrection, and if there was no resurrection, we do not have this proof that He is divine. What else would we lack if there was no resurrection? There will be no salvation from our sins. We will still be lost in our sins. As 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 17, Paul is telling them, if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. You are still or you are yet in your sins. There was apparently this false belief in Corinth, approximately 80, the mid-80s, or early 80s, this false idea that there is no resurrection from the dead. Paul rebuts this. He says, if Christ be not raised, if he did not come back from the dead, you are still in your sins. And if you are still in your sins because there is no resurrection, there we are hopeless, we are miserable creatures indeed. Because reading down further, the next few verses, 1 Corinthians 15, 17-19, If Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, futile, pointless. What's the point of gathering here if there is no resurrection? There's no point in worshipping the Lord on the, on, on the first day of the week. You're, you are yet in your sins. Then they also which have fallen asleep, who have died in Christ, are perished. There's no hope for them either. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, if only in this life there is no life to come because there is no resurrection, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, then we are all men most miserable. Because if there is no resurrection from the dead, then, then what are we living here for? What, what hope is there? And so if Jesus had not come to this earth, there would be no resurrection. And if there is no resurrection, we are still... We are, we are hopeless, miserable. But thanks be to God that Jesus did indeed come to earth. And it was as it was written, and thus it 
behoof or it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, Luke 24, verse 46. He did come to earth. It's not a hypothetical. We don't have to say what if Jesus did not come to earth because he came to earth. He lived, he died, he was resurrected or raised from the dead. And his resurrection proves he is the Son of God. He shares the characteristics of God. He is divine. And that when we follow him, when we believe him, when we obey him, we have this hope. What is the hope that we all have? We have this hope that one day we will be reunited with all the departed faithful loved ones who have gone before us when the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. That's the hope. The hope that we have will be in heaven. The hope that all the departed faithful loved ones will be reunited with them. In the book of John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3, probably a familiar passage to many of us, Jesus was speaking to his apostles shortly before he was arrested, put on trial, put to death. John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe also in God, believe, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, probably more accurate to translate it as rooms. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. So the resurrection, because Jesus came to this earth to die, to be resurrected, it gives us hope that there is indeed a prepared place for our prepared people. I'd like also to to point your attention to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18. Now there were some in Thessalonica who had this worry or this concern. What is going to happen to our loved ones who have died before us? Our faithful loved ones, they have died in the Lord. What's going to happen to them? Are they gone forever? Will we be with them when the Lord returns? And Paul tells them, yes. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-18 But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that is, concerning those who are dead, that you sorrow not, as, even as others which have no hope. So we have hope. We have hope in the resurrection. And so we should not sorrow, we should not be sad. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, notice this, if we believe in the resurrection that he died and rose again, even so also then which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Because of the resurrection that it happened, we have this hope that Jesus will come again and bring us with him. For this we say unto you, verse 15, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent, that is, precede those who are asleep. If we have the privilege of remaining alive until Jesus comes again, don't have to worry about those who have died in the Lord before us. Verse 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and what? The dead in Christ shall rise first. Because of the resurrection of Christ, we have this confidence the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Verse 18, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And so, the fact that Jesus did indeed come to earth to live, to die, and be resurrected, it gives us this hope 
that He will come again, we will be resurrected if we are dead. And if we are not dead at that point in time, we will be caught up together with Him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be the Lord. That's hope. That's something to look forward to. It's something so comforting that no matter our loved ones who have gone before us, we, we, we are sorrowful, we are, we are sad, but we have this, this hope that can never be taken away from us. What if Jesus had not come to earth? I suggest to you that the third thing, if Jesus had not come to earth, would be that there would be no redemption. There would be no redemption. This word redemption means to be delivered or to be bought back, to have a ransom paid on our behalf. If Jesus had not come to this earth, we would still be in our sins, slave to sins, paying the price for sin, which is spiritual death. We would not have been redeemed. How can our sins be redeemed? Well, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22 says, Almost all things are by the law purged with blood. Without shedding of blood is no remission. There is no forgiveness or redemption without the shedding of blood. That's what Jesus did for us. Because the blood of bulls and goats, Hebrews 10, verse 1 to 4, you know, it's, it's, it's not perfect. It could not continually cleanse us. It needed to be repeatedly offered. The blood of Jesus Christ sanctifies us once for all time. Hebrews 10, 10, Hebrews 10, 12. And if Jesus had not come to this earth, we would not be redeemed from our sins. We would still be separated from God because sin separates us. Right, Isaiah 59 verses 1 and 2. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities or your wrongdoings have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. And so our sin separates us from God. But God is gracious. God provides a blood sacrifice in order for us to bridge this gap between God and man. And that bridge is the blood of Jesus Christ that redeems us from our sins. And if Jesus had not come, we would not have this redemption. It says, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's redemption. God's gracious gift to us. Undeserved favor. But He did it nonetheless. And so thanks be to God that we are redeemed from sin because Jesus came to this earth to live as a man, to live as a man but a perfect sinless man, to die on the cross for us, gave his blood on Calvary. And going back to our text for this morning, Luke 24, 47, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And so because all things must be fulfilled, all things must be realized, they were written in the Law of Moses, in the Prophets, in the Psalms, concerning Jesus, Luke 24, 44. Because it was necessary, it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the, th the third day. That's the resurrection, Luke 24, 46. Because of this, we have redemption, Luke 24, 47. Remission of sins, forgiveness. And so if Jesus had not come, there would be no realization, no fulfillment of prophecy. There would be no resurrection from the dead. There will be no redemption. We will still be in our sins. But thanks be to God that this is not true. That Jesus did indeed come to this earth 2,000 years ago. Live as a man. Die for our sins. 
He's crucified on the cross, raised from the dead the third day. He is now ascended into heaven, sitting on the right hand of the throne of God. And this same God is a gracious gift giver. God is the giver of all good and perfect things. James 1 verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights. And so the God, God the Father, He is the giver of all good gifts. And this includes most of all His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. He gave His Son to die on that cross for us. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. But, brethren and friends, because God is the gift giver, He has the right to set conditions. He has the right to set conditions. Yes, He did give us the gift, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, but He has the right to set the conditions. If you wanted to redeem a free gift, there is a lucky draw of some sort you want to redeem a free gift. And the instructions to redeem the free gift are very specific. Go to Paliba Square. That's the nearest shopping centre that comes to mind now. Go to Paliba Square. Go to the second floor, the third shop on the left. Go inside, ask for Mr. Lee, and take the gift. Five steps. Go to Paliba Square. Second floor, third shop on the left, ask for Mr. Lee, take the gift. And if you miss out any one of those steps, you are not going to get the gift. If you go to the wrong mall, or the wrong floor, or the wrong shop, you ask for the wrong person, and finally you do not take the gift, you are not going to have the gift. And you may say, how is that fair? And it's fair, we understand it's fair, because the gift giver has the right to set conditions in order to accept the gift. God is a gift giver who has given us His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, through whom we have forgiveness of sins, through whom we have salvation. What are His conditions? I'd like you to turn your attention to Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, it says, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, there's much misunderstanding in the world today. Does it mean that I say, Jesus, come into my heart? Or Jesus, save me? But let's read on. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 to 14. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How shall they then call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him, on him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And so before one can be saved, it is necessary. Before one can call on the name of the Lord to be saved, it is necessary for us to hear and believe that Jesus Christ did indeed come to this earth, die for our sins, resurrected the third day, He is coming again. But not just that. Repentance is needed as well. Repentance means a change of mind coupled with a change of action. In Acts 2.21, we see this phrase again, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then Peter goes on to tell the Jews on the day of Pentecost that you have crucified Jesus, whom the Lord, whom God has made, both Lord and Christ, Acts 2.36. And so they are pricked in their heart and they ask, men and brethren, what shall we do? Acts 2.37. And so Peter earlier said, call on the name of the Lord and whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And now Peter tells them, Acts 2.38, repent 
and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And so repentance is necessary to call on the name of the Lord in order to be saved. We need to confess, acknowledge, we need to declare that we believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. That He can save us from our sins. Going back to Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. If you shall confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thy heart that God has raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so the confession brings us closer to salvation. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10.13 You walk into any church or so-called church, you ask them, how can I be saved? And they'll usually stop here. They will agree that we need to hear and believe in Jesus. They will agree that we need to repent of our sins. They will agree that we need to confess and acknowledge Christ. But friends, brethren, the gift giver, the good gift giver has the right to set conditions. He has the right to set conditions and we want to move further on to see that when we call on the name of the Lord, that includes baptism, immersion in water for the forgiveness of sins. Acts 22 verse 16, Paul recounting his conversion, his baptism. What did Paul say in Acts 22 and verse 16? He says, Ananias speaking to Paul said, Why tarriest thou? Why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And so we understand that to call on the name of the Lord is to appeal to his authority, to trust in what he has said, to follow the conditions set by the good gift giver. Mark 16, 16, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. My friends, you cannot get any clearer than that. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Finally, we are a Christian. We have been baptized for the forgiveness of sins. We live a life faithful to Christ until we die or until the Lord Jesus comes again. Be thou faithful unto death. I will give you a crown of life. Revelation 2.10 I hope that this has been encouraging to you. I hope that this has motivated you to serve the Lord more. And if you are not a Christian, you would like to know, study how to become one, you can always feel free to ask any of the good brethren here that worship at the Eastside Church of Christ. Thank you very much, and God bless each and every one of you. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me.
Oh, sinner. 